Bibidi Bobbidi Boo there everybody, this is the Flaming Pillow and welcome to Cold Cases Philippines and this is episode 1 of it. So, you don't know how long I've been wanting to create an episode. I know the quarantine has affected a lot of us and sorry if it didn't take too long to create one since I've been also preparing for my online class. So, let's get to the story. Um, I have read it but didn't finish it just for you. I'm not even in the half of it. To be honest, I usually read the cases of mythical disappearances of someone in rural provinces. You know, Pennywise might be having a vacation from Derry and it happens that the Philippines is his best option. Bruh. But there are tons of cold cases inside of the cities as well. So, we're going from the controversial ones as we go deeper into more horrific Mission Impossible slash Haunted Cases. So let's get started. Let's investigate on how this killing machine remained unsolved till now the 20s. The Chop Shop Lady case got the entire nation's attention. From the name itself, the victim's body was dismembered before being thrown away. It all started sometime in the late 50s or early 60s after Lucida Tolentino Lalu left her hometown of Candaba Pangbanga to Manila. Before the massacre started, she worked as a waitress in a small bar. Not sure what bar it is since time machine is not invented yet. Uh, since she was wise with her money, it became enough just to start several ventures such as Lucy's House of Beauty, a salon on my Haliga Street, and Pagoda that is a restaurant slash cocktail lounge located at Rizal Avenue in Santa Cruz Street. During this time is also where she met Añaro de Vera, a police officer who became her husband. Lucila gave birth and kept her career at the age of 28. During 1967 is Lucilia's disappearance. None of her close ones reported her missing. Maybe it was because they thought that she was spending her time along with her other lovers. May 28, the police found a woman's pair of legs. Oh, okay, wait. If you happen to be having dinner while listening to this podcast, I mean, not sure why will you do that, but please excuse me. Okay, continuing, the legs are cleanly cut into four pieces, wrapped with a May 14th newspaper found in a garage can along Malabon Street, which is not far from Pagoda. The collector who found the parts said that they were cold as if it was from a freezer before, noted that the nails are well pedicured too. There was also a severed hand found a few days earlier in front of a barber shop along Recto Avenue. The authorities thought that it was a match but this theory was discarded after checking both of the decomposition rates. Almost a day later, a torso with arms were found along ESA, near the Guadalupe Street, which is identified as Lucilia. The parts were also wrapped in a newspaper but dated May 23. Okay, you're not seeing me right now but I did widen my eyes the time I encountered this Fact, okay? I thought that the chop chop lady was an alias for a serial killer, but turns out no, it was her. Lucilla was the victim. I'm sorry. Um, let's resume. Investigators noted that whoever killed her 
I'm sorry. Um, whoever killed her must be skilled with the knife and has a medical background. Oh, the hand was also froze because according to here, all of the body parts were cold. Since then, the suspect must have a huge freezer and owns an automobile because that will be so stupid if you carry a body bag along with a motorcycle. Okay, okay now, here are the suspects. Number 1. Florante Relos, a 19-year-old waiter at Pagoda. However, he was released since during the time of the crime, he was having a drink with his pals and also doesn't have any motives to kill her, who was his lover and provider. Lucilla also rented a loveness, not sure what it is, in Cubao where he could stay. There's a cash, listen. However, the cashier at Pagoda said that they have broke up during the night of the murder. Anyways, during that night, the cashier told Florante and his friends that Lucilia was at the beauty parlor. There were witnesses said that they saw Lucilia being dragged to a taxi by Florante with his group, but this was never clear. Suspect number two was her husband for seven years, which is Anyano. Their six-year-old child has been staying at Lucilia's mother in Caloocan. A month before Lucida's disappearance, Anyano fired off his service gun three times in Lucida's pagoda and parlor. Also, at the night of the murder, Anyano said that she got a meeting with her. Lucida's relatives and other witnesses that said that they saw her sleeping after Anyano left, but this contradicts Florante's testimony that he had a drink with Lucida at another cocktail lunch around 7.30 while Anyano claimed that at 6.30, he got his dinner with her at the beauty parlor. The last suspect was someone who came forward due to his guilty conscience. A 20-year-old dentistry student, Jose Luis Sanchano, one of her lovers and boarders of the spare rooms at her beauty parlor. June 15, 1967, when news broke out that a handsome young man, son of a retired PC colonel, married and father of five, confessed in his own handwritten statement. In his initial testimony, he said that Lucilia tried to seduce him, but when he refused, she threatened to create a scandal. He experienced a mental blackout but remembered strangling Lucilia to death. He even mentioned disposing the head in Diliman, Quezon City and carrying the other parts in papers, paper bags and boxes while commuting. Now hold up, that this is quite surprising that the fact that he carried the bags and paper bags, I mean, and boxes full of corpses and blood without even the other passengers noticing that it was an actual body. What? Huh. Okay then, never mind, maybe the scent is not visible yet in those times, okay? No news mentioned about Lucilia's head. Three days later, Jose Luis retracted his earlier statement saying he wasn't the murderer but just an unwilling witness. Okay, this part of the article has a lot of highlight, okay? It is hard to read a bit. While the murder did happen in Luis's room, he said that two men killed her while another one held him as an hostage. A fourth man appeared the following morning and planted the evidence. Was this guy a different man or no? He allegedly received notes saying to keep silent. The police insisted that Luis did it, especially they found the hammer, the knife, and razors found in the mezzanine, which are in his initial testimony. The claim that he was just following his lawyer's statement to retract. While Luis was being held by the NBI, they received bomb threats to let the suspect go. 
He was released later on. Some say he is still alive and was on abroad. Without any leads, investigators reached a dead end. Okay, this one is a different story. The public, on the other hand, continued to speculate on the mystery. In 2003, a former Los Angeles police detective named Steve Hondell, during his investigation, Steve Hondell found out that his father had been living in Manola in the 80s. Leading the younger Hondell believed that George was also behind Lucilia's murder. Like how come? Steve published a book. Hondell details his 15-year-old investigation after his father's death into the Black Dahlia murderer, whom to be his father, Dr. George Hill Hondell. There were some inaccuracies in his book such as, according to it, Lucilla's torso was found near Zodiac Street in Makati when news reported stated it was found along Edsa near Guadalupe. The case remained open. Before I continue, I would like to say my dearest condolences to Lala Lucilia. It must be pretty devastated, devastating to her relatives to see their member to be tortured like them. I'm sorry if I can't bring justice to her, but I hope this episode somehow might trigger a revolver to sniff its aim. So, let's review and see what we got. First of all, it is not clearly stated that if the hand does belong to Lucilla's body, but it might be since it was also chopped off, but unlikely since the other hand seems not to be missing. I don't know, the cops said it doesn't, so it doesn't belong to her, so yeah. And the day of the appearances of different parts of the body seems to be a riddle or just to confuse the detectives. Like their first motive supposed to be erasing the tracks and discard these evidence but they were also found eventually. Taking note the fact that, it's, that it is impossible to carry a whole body to one another place so their solution must be, yeah, to chop her off. If you happen to be irritated on my reading skill, I just leave you some links where I got this and I hope you enjoy this portion of my show where we together scan the events. I'm not good at math but we will have this segment called Malicious Probability where we verify on how possible the suspect can be the actual murderer. So first of all, I want to scan the weapons. So we got the knife. This might be a butcher knife or a large knife because you can't slice whole flesh with a pocket knife, okay? Common sense, of course. Second one is the hammer. This one might be used to knock off Mrs. Lucilia by the head, but not clear since that part of the body wasn't found yet. Till now. And the last one is the razor. Not sure if the razors got something to do here, but they included this one as an evidence, so it might be contain a blood stain or what? Are they talking about a shaving razor or a carpenter's razor? Hmm. Neither of the two are not useful for breaking body parts, so I guess. <laughs> so from the name itself, I put percentages before the suspect's name. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going from the less suspicious ones to the obvious ones. Okay, suspicion rate forty-five percent goes to Sir Anyana, her husband. So first of all, how did I build up this person? Okay, so I added some percentages first of all I got 20% and 25% these percents indicates on how strong a reason can act as a motive to kill so Mr. Anyana's 45% was built up by 20% which means the guts to use firearm violence in a public place we know that he sees fired cries inside of one of her wife's establishment this bar will go higher if the event happened during while the bar is open and in front of many people. A sign of fearlessness but crossing the lines. 
the 25% goes to love affair. Any, anyone can be wild as a tiger when it comes to love. Let's admit that. Like, he might be know something about how Mrs. Lucilia cheating on him, right? But this meter goes down as well since we got the contradicting facts which are that he has a sense of duty. He is still a cop. I don't have any info on how is Mr. Anyan's job but he is also a formal authority. As one hero said, great power comes with um, a lot of trouble I guess. <laughs> yeah boy. A mod and he is a model for the family too. He's a father too. They also got a daughter so it will heavily reflect on what his attitude like to his child. Trust the quote that says, what you plant is what will you harvest. That's thousand percent true. Okay, 50% is Dr. Sanchano because his 50% builds up with 15% of unreliability. Lies is the primary downfall of trust. He said that he is just following his attorney's tip but he still diverted statements. He might even got a hidden motive in here like to confuse the investigation to a wrong route. Now the 10% is medical studies. He is a medical student but it falls in the list of surgery. Pulling out teeth and cutting with a scalpel is different. I know. Okay stop. He got a medical background. That's my point. 10% is nest of evidence. Yes, this might be just fabricates or planted actual weapons, but the pit hole on how Lucilia, him, and the murderers been inside of the room without the other brothers noticing is malicious. 50% has involvements to Mrs. Lucilia. A handsome, pretty boy got into town. He ain't some celebrity, but these rumors are tough. Like, he might be an outrageous of attractiveness. And according to his fake testimony, Lucilia attempted to create a scandal and he refused that lying can be containing secrets, I guarantee. And his contradicting statement is he might be scared. We also got suspects who are brave enough or rather total heads to send bomb threats to the office so this might be a big time syndicate, don't you think? Now. For the third and final sauce make, I'm giving you 80% Mr. Willows. Hi, 19 year old pal back in the retro days. If you were listening, I'm sorry, but you were the closest one in my opinion. So 30% there are witnesses. Witnesses saying that him and his gang dragging Lucilia to a taxi, Mrs. Lucilia to a taxi. This part was kinda dumb. How come you just didn't use the witnesses? Maybe these investigators got distracted on Mr. Dennis's dorm since he got a lot of evidence tab in and this is 30. 30% is the doctor's testimony. Doc did said that there are four men who was assigned to kill Mrs. Lucilia and the fact that it is look well planned has to be a connection to a mall inside of the departments as well. I'm dropping 20% to the cop's clock. The last thing is this 6.30 and 7.30 thing, that's all. Despite Lucilia got a beauty parlor, I'm sure she won't do a substitutional replica of her, okay? No. The contradicting fact is... nothing. Even though he is a 19 years old, age doesn't matter. Evil side of anyone can be out anytime. We got a tons of juvenile crimes. I mean, a lot. And also, if she is your provider and lover there are still reasons on why you should murder someone it might be for cash alcohol or 
drug influence, psychopathic thoughts, such as till death do us apart, but in a negative way, you, you know what I mean. <clears throat> so you just spent another time with a flaming pillow, which is me. Be sure to like my page at facebook.com. I always post a premiere and some updates to this channel. And also, I will thank my sources for this episode, which is Esquire Mag, that PH, and Pop Inquire. Dot net okay these articles are so useful if you were tracking back such as cold cases okay so like you all i'll see you in the next episodes see ya peace quick fact anyways my my screen is full of spit anyways okay <laughs> it was full of droplets of my i'll be spreading corona everywhere in here <laughs> just kidding i'm safe peace part two